This week, we are going to continue with our second key value, which is authenticity. And I'll tell you this, I am super excited about authenticity because we live right in a world where there's not a lot of things that are authentic. You just look at your social media and there is filter and filter and filter and we all look so good. Uh, we had uh, someone take our picture a few years ago. So it was Brian and I and the girls. And, uh, and it was a friend and she took some pictures and she's like, I'm gonna just edit them and then I'll bring them back to you. And I actually was searching my computer this week to find these pictures. Because if you were to look at these pictures, they did not look like us. They even photoshopped Kaisa, <laughs> you know, and Kaisa at the time, I think she was like six years old, maybe like that. You do not need to be photoshopped when you are six years old. And I just remember looking at like, that does not look like my child. I'm not even posting these pictures anywhere. I'm not going to be like, did you get another kid? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what, you know, but they were trying to take away wrinkles and trying to take away shadows and it just didn't look authentic. And so we have a mission here at Stockholm Community, and it's, it's what drives us in everything that we do, and that is we want to lead people to an authentic and life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. It needs to be authentic, and it needs to be life-changing. We do not want you to come in here, because guess what? I'm not going to come in here pretending like everything is okay. I'm not going to put on religious acts and, and make things look better than what they are, but I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to be real. So about a year ago, um, the leadership team, the core leadership team of Stockholm Community, we hadn't even started yet. We were still in the planning and dreaming and organizing stage. We were going to have a meeting. And so Brian and I loaded up our car with two teenagers and a preteen, and I think even the dog was in the car. And we are heading to this team meeting. And um, I think we were running late. I hate being late, okay? I grew up and we were always late to everything. Like we were the family that would run through the airport and then hold the plane, okay? My whole life growing up. So now I'm like, I'm at the airport like two and a half hours before the flight. And the rest of the family is like, why, mom, why? But it's just, you know, I hate being late. So we're on our way. It's a good 30 minute drive and you know, there's a lot that can happen in 30 minutes in a car with a spouse and with three kids and a dog. And I think at some point our dog gets, our dog gets, our dog gets car sick and so she throws up every time. So we can just count on there's, the dog is throwing up in the back of the car. So a lovely smell fills the car. And then, you know, we're sitting together, two teenagers, a preteen, someone's touching someone, right? Someone is frustrated that someone's too loud. Someone's not liking what mom and dad are saying. And someone may be driving too fast. And I'm saying, slow down. But then I'm saying, drive faster, because we are late. You know, that's the, Brian's like, what do I do? <laughs> just do I drive slow? Do I drive fast? What does the woman want? And let's just say at some point in this vehicle, voices may have been raised and words may have been spoken. And then we show up to the leadership meeting. Hello, let me lead you because I am such a great leader. And honestly, I sat around the table with the other core leaders and I just went, I don't think I should be your pastor. <laughs> and I shared what had happened in the car of just being really honest. Like we just had a blow up in the car and it wasn't very pretty and it's not something I would want to show on the big screen. 
And, but one of our key values is authentic, right? And I said, you know, it just, it wasn't nice. We need a couple minutes just to collect ourselves, but this is what happened. And it was so amazing because around the table and without sharing other people's realness, it was just, we hear ya. You know, we had that happen too. Yeah, you should have seen us right before you walked in the door. The reality is we are all broken people. We all have struggles, we all have issues. Um, and thank goodness there's a God who's perfect though, who can be our strength in those moments of weakness, who can breathe, right, right? I mean, that's worth an applause because in ourselves, we are just not enough. And so as we talk about authenticity, um, it's really important that authenticity, and this is how I kind of define authenticity, but it's being real with who you are but at the same time determined to live a surrendered life to Jesus. Okay, so I want you to hear that again. Being real with who you are and determined to live a surrendered life to Jesus. That does not mean I get to go, well, this is who I am, deal with it. That's arrogance. That's not authenticity. Well, you know, I just get easily angered. It's just who I am. No, that's not who God created you to be. Well, I'm just a negative person. It's just who I am. No. When you become a believer, he takes the old, the old dies, and it replaces it with everything that Christ is. And so in that authenticity to say, this is where I'm at, but I'm on a journey to live a surrendered life to Jesus Christ. It means I have to put into practice the things that I know. And see, we've been meeting here for the last six, seven weeks. You've heard some sermons, some messages. You've heard some challenges. And so the question is, how much of that have I applied to my life? Have I applied the truths that have been spoken? As I read the Bible, as I open it up, do I apply what I read? See, we don't want to be a church that's just filled with a bunch of knowledge, right? That can quote scripture verses. We want to be a church that lives these scripture verses out on a day-to-day -day basis. So what we need to do is we need to put ourselves, you need to put yourself in a position for you to grow. And that doesn't happen accidentally. It happens when we are intentional. So as we've been here for the last six, seven weeks, have we stepped into the calling that God has for us? We started out with a series called Something New, that God wants to do something new, that you would dare to take a step of faith, maybe pray, pray some prayers you've never prayed, join a serve team. Last week, we talked about generosity, and are you willing to be generous? Are you willing to let God be the Lord over your finances, and that you are stewarding what he's given you? Are you willing to allow your life to be changed forever? And see, as a church, we don't want to just come here on Sundays and hear a message and we walk out the door unchanged. We want you to come in and to have an encounter with Jesus Christ that changes you forever. That when you walk out here, you're not the same person because there's a little bit more of Jesus inside of you. And so God is not interested in behavior modification. He wants your heart. He wants heart transformation. And again, you're going to hear a little bit a lot about my kids, because when you're a parent of a teenager, <laughs> everything becomes really real. But you know, have you ever, if you have kids, or when you were a teenager, if you remember, there may have been things you said in front of your parents, and then there were things that you absolutely did not say in front of your parents, right? 
That's behavior modification. You say it here in this area because it's okay, but you don't say it here because it's not okay. So I can change the outside, but eventually we get kind of tired of behavior modification. Well, I come to church, I have to act this way. I hang out with Christians, so I have to do this. But God wants a heart transformation, that what we act and what we say and what we do comes out of a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. So in my speech, is it a heart transformation? In my actions, in my attitude, in my relationships. See, God wants to have an authentic relationship with us. One of my favorite quotes, and I heard this for a long, many, many years ago, and it stuck with me, and Max Lucado is an, a great author, but he, he, and he writes this, he says, Jesus loves you just the way that you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He loves you. So God cannot love you more today and less tomorrow. He loves you because you are you. He does not love you because of what you do. He loves you because you are his. He created you. And he's got a plan and a purpose. He died on the cross for you. He can't love you more, but he has so much more for you. Because he knows what happens when you take his truth and you apply it to your life. You become set free from so many different things. And so we have to realize that God's love is what actually transforms us. So as I said, you, I have two teenagers and I have a preteen. And in this season, I don't think I've ever been so challenged in my faith and what I believe and who I am. And there are times with my girls that I just want to respond in a certain way, and I feel justified. There are times where I say, Lord, bring down the wrath, let the fire fall, and you punish them, you know. Okay, I don't do that very often. <laughs> not, at least not every day, you know, maybe once a week. But actually the prayer that has been my prayer, and I'll say probably for the last 12 months, and I will find myself doing this prayer Sometimes when I'm doing the dishes, when I'm folding the laundry, after there has been some strong conversations with my girls, but it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Oh, this next one is hard. It is not easily angered. Lord, as I'm doing my dishes, love is not easily angered. Lord, help me because I'm angry right now. I'm really angry. And you say love isn't easily angered. So help me, Lord, to align my heart with your heart. It keeps no record of wrong. Oh, dear Jesus, as I'm doing my dishes, as I'm vacuuming, love does not keep a record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. So I'm being really authentic with you. You may go after this going, hmm, you know, what kind of mom is she? 
But the reality is, I'm a broken mom. I'm a mom who needs Jesus every single day. I'm a wife who needs Jesus every single day. I don't live 1 Corinthians 13 out every day. But what I do, though, in my struggle, I say, Lord, you say your love is patient. Help me to be patient. Lord, you say that love holds no record of wrong. Help me not to look in the rearview mirror, but let me look forward so that I do not judge my children because of what they've done, because I don't want to be judged by what I've done. And so I look forward, and so I take the truth of the word of God, and I say, Lord, I apply it. I may not feel it. I may not want it, but this is your truth. So help me to become more like you. And again, I got to be on the spot, right? Not to justify my actions, not to justify my words, but to say, God, I need you in this moment because you are so much bigger than who I am. How about this verse? This is another one that I'm, I'm living out, Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you, your Father in heaven will forgive you. I want to be authentic. It is hard sometimes to forgive people. It is hard, especially when people don't feel regret for hurting you. But the Bible says, forgive them, and I will forgive you. So then I have to make that choice. Lord, I choose to forgive. I choose to surrender. I choose to believe that you will make this situation right. Another great verse, just as we talk about our, our brokenness and we talk about authentically working to become more like Christ, Romans 12, 2, do not be like the, world, the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. So it really comes down to allowing God to change the way that you think. Again, I'm going to be authentic exactly where I'm at, but I need to invite Jesus to come in so that I know how to think correctly. Matthew 16, 24 through 26 says this, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or shall a man give in return? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Again, that authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ comes back to willing to surrender who I am to Jesus and trusting him to not just transform me, but to make me more and more like him. And I mean, if you look at this verse, deny yourself, pick up the cross, follow me. That's a journey. That doesn't happen in a moment. It doesn't happen maybe in a day or a week. It could take years. But if we authentically come before the Lord, he is faithful for the work that he began in us to complete it. So four different takeaways from us, for us today about authentically, being authentic. Authentically come to Jesus just as you are. God already knows who you are. I love it in the song that we sang here, known 
fully known and loved by you. You are fully known by God, fully known. There is no secret. There is nothing that God does not know about you. He knows all the good and all the not so good stuff. But in that, you are fully loved. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You don't have to put on this facade to be this or that. You are loved just as you are. Even on your worst day, he loves you just as much as he loves you on your best day. So when I say come to Jesus just as you are, we, we have a saying around here that you belong, you believe, and you become. So we want you, when you approach this church, when you approach God, you come to him with your hurts. You come with him with your pain. You come to him with your doubts. You come to him with your imperfections. You come to him with your questions. Because guess what? He is bigger than all of that. You want real life transformation? Don't pretend to be something that you are not. Because that doesn't help you. It doesn't help you to get to know him and to become more like him. So come as you are. And see, God is not moved by perfection, but he is moved by hearts that are set on him. Amen. Number two, authentically pursue Jesus with all that you are. See, Jesus doesn't want just part of your heart. He wants all of your heart. And we see that in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 30. Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. With all. He wants it all. All of your heart. Real life transformation happens when you give the Lord all of your heart. You see, if I, if I keep part of my heart to the side, well, Lord, you can't have this. I don't want you to come in here and stir things up here. But Lord, I'm really comfortable with what's here. You can have all of this, but not these friendships. And the Lord says, but I have so much for you. I have so much I want to give you. There's so much I want to do in your life. And a lot of times the reason we don't give God all of it is because we don't know if we can trust him. Can I trust God? If I give him all of my life, what's he going to do with it? Am I going to have to become a missionary? <laughs> right? Is he going to send me to some foreign country? And some of you are like, I am in a foreign country. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, is he, what's he going to do? Is he going to say, I, I have to give up this? Is he going to say, I have to change this? What's he going to want from me? What if my whole life gets turned upside down? Then let it get turned upside down. Because what we have without Jesus is nothing. And what we have with Jesus is everything. So come with all that you are. It's like you can't drop off the high dive and then halfway through say, ah, oh, I changed my mind, <laughs> you know? Let me climb back up again. It doesn't work. Go all in. And I'll trust you, if you go all in with your life with God, you go all in with your faith, you go all in with your imperfections, you go all in with your doubts, you go all in with your finances, you go all in with your dreams, you're gonna see God do something that's gonna be amazing. 
and you will not regret it. You will not regret it. I love um, reading Romans 12 in the message version. And, and the message is, is really just uh, a contemporary translation of the Bible. And, and I, I jump a lot between NIV and, and the message, but, but I love Romans 12 in, in the message translation, and it says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Okay, isn't that funny? Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So what does God want? He wants your ordinary life. You're coming and going, and he wants you to place it before him as an offering. And he says, when you do that, I will bring the best out of you and I will develop maturity in you. I will help you love better, forgive better, dream better, change people's lives. He's gonna do amazing things. The third thing, and this one, this one can get a little touchy maybe, but authentically accept God's direction. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And so in this and being authentic, allowing God's direction and God's correction to realign our lives to where they need to be. Now, I don't know about you, I don't like correction. <laughs> I don't like it when people tell me I've done something wrong. It doesn't always feel good. But when God corrects us, you know, and those are the moments where we may open up the Bible and we read a verse and it just, it just pierces our heart. And we go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have thought that. And, and here, here's, this is how the Lord does it. He brings about what I call conviction. Conviction is we, we, are, we face the truth of God. We get convicted to say, ooh, I'm not living according to God's truth. Therefore, it brings about a change in my life that pulls me closer to God. That's conviction. Condemnation, and it says very clearly in the Bible, you know, for those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. Condemnation is when I start feeling guilty and I start feeling shame and I want to hide. And it actually does not draw me closer to God. It actually distanced me from God. And so we ask for God, bring your conviction so that I know how to live my life in a way that honors you. But that conviction, God's correction will never bring guilt or shame into the picture. 
So if you have been shamed before in a church, if you have been told you should feel guilty about this, I want to apologize because that is not the spirit of God. He wants to bring about life change and he does it through conviction by drawing you closer to him. Not putting a distance between you and God or telling you you have to do five different steps to finally be right with God because that's not how God's love works. He loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way because he knows he has the best for you. Fourth thing, and I think this is so important, but authentically live out of a place knowing you are loved by God. You are loved. Again, I'm going to talk about my kids. <laughs> it's a kid sermon today. But I can tell when my kids know that they are loved by Brian and I, there's a sense of security. There's a sense of safety. They dare to do things that maybe they didn't dare to do unless they knew that they were loved, that it was okay to fail, and it was okay to try something that they've never done before. And I want you to know that you are, and I've said it already in this message, but you are loved by God, the almighty God of the universe. He loves you. He loves you. He thinks the world of you. He sent his son to die on a cross for you. He loves you. And in that love, you can be confident. And when we are confident in that we are loved, then we can move forward. You see, Jesus, he already paid our debt and he already done miracles. He is our salvation. So we can trust him to transform us and change our lives. We want you to live an authentic life, a life that allows Jesus to come into those broken places to restore, to heal, to realign your life so that you can have the very, very best life with Jesus. And so we come to the point, and we do this in every service because it's so important for us. Because again, we want to lead people to an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. That you here today, if you have not invited Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior, he's waiting and he's willing for you to open up your heart to him. And the verse that, that we look at is Romans 10 verse 9 through 10, and it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Isn't that easy? Isn't that awesome? Okay, I, I just need to say, Jesus is Lord, and I have to believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, and I'm going to be saved. How awesome is that? What an awesome gift. And then it keeps going in verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so if you would stand with me this morning. And uh, just with every head bowed. And, and this is a moment where we just do a decision between you and God. That if you say this morning, I've never said, Jesus is Lord. I haven't said in my heart that I believe that God raised him from the dead. I want Jesus to be in my life. This is the morning. God has such great things planned for you, and he's just waiting for you to open up that door to your heart and invite him in. So with every head bowed, and just for respecting each other, if you this morning say, you know what? I want to ask Jesus Christ 
into my heart. I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. Awesome. There are hands going up all in this room. Awesome. And right now in heaven, there is a party going on. And I'm so excited. So we're going to pray together. And for those of you who have raised your hand for the first time, and those of you who already have Jesus, would you just pray with me? And we're going to just do the, what we call the salvation prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to save me. Today, I choose to believe that you are my Lord and my Savior. I give you my heart. And I believe that my life will be changed forever because you are in it. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We've been really quiet. You've been really quiet this morning. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a huge round of applause for those who just asked Jesus into their heart for the very first time. So come on. Come on. Because this is exciting. If you do not have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back. The best way is to get into the word. I call it the 1010 principle, 10 minutes in the word. So you read the Bible. And if you want to know where to start, start in the New Testament is a great place to start. And so you do 10 minutes of reading the Bible and then 10 minutes in prayer. And you may go, oh my gosh, 10 minutes in prayer. I don't know. What do I pray for 10 minutes? Well, I'll tell you, you start with just one acknowledging God who he is and then expressing your needs, those 10 minutes will go by really fast. And maybe the first time it's only five minutes. And that's okay, because it's not about the amount of time, but it's about a connection with God. And so the next challenge I'm gonna do to all of us, we wanna be followers of Jesus Christ who make a difference in our world, which means we need to start living out the truth that we already know. And so whether that is something today that you have heard or whether that is a Bible verse that you have read, I want to challenge you as you walk out of these doors or even maybe before you walk out of these doors that you say, God, help me. If it's the help me to love better, help me to forgive better, help me to have words that honor you, help me to be kind. In my anger, help me not to sin, Lord. Whatever that is, God authentically wants to come in and to transform you and to make you more and more like him. And so um, I'm just going to do one more closing prayer, and uh, we're going to go and have some great fika this morning. But Heavenly Father, God, I thank you um, that you love us just as we are. And so, Lord, we take our life and we lay it before you as an offering. And we are trusting, Father God, that you are going to do something big and something great in it because you are a trustworthy God. And so give us opportunities, God, today and the rest of this week to live out your word, to apply your word to our lives, Father God, so that we become transformed in our thoughts, in our attitudes, in our words, in our actions, Father God, in what we spend our time doing, Father God, or our time not doing, Lord. And so, Lord, if there are any areas in our life, even as we've heard this message, where you have brought some correction, Father God, may we confess, God, may we repent, Father God, may we ask of your forgiveness and know, God, that you just lavish your grace and your forgiveness over us, Father God. And then you said, God, Father God, even to the people in the New Testament, go and sin no more. So may our lives be transformed fully and completely. 
So Lord, I thank you that you are a God who takes our everyday, ordinary lives and turns it into something amazing. Lord, you are our Lord, you are our God, and thank you for those who gave their lives to you for the very first time today. In your name we pray, amen.